Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that The Handlebar is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have an even lovelier happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., during which you get a dollar off all of their craft beers on draft. They have 28 of them. I'm not kidding. That's a real deal. Seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's four hours at The Handlebar. A dollar off any of their awesome draft beers. You can drink them inside, at the bar, at a table. You can drink them outside on their newly renovated gorgeous patio. It's lovely here in Chico right now. Johnny and I highly encourage you to check them out. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, south end of town, right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. Again, that's The Handlebar. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning in to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, and my voice is the voice of Max Minardi. That's a weird way to say that. My, <laughs> this voice you're hearing is the voice of Jonathan Summers, also known as Johnny. Hi. This week on the show, The Black Phone is the film we are covering, directed by Scott Derrickson. It's an adaptation of a short story by Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King, about a suburb in 1970s Denver and its population that struggles to cope with the disappearance of several of their children. It's an undeniably Kingian formula, but the inclusion of Ethan Hawke, who is working with Derrickson here again after the success of a horror film that you and I both really dug called Sinister, uh, got me really excited for this movie despite having to see it alone in an empty theater on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> We're also drinking beers this week from a first-time brewery on the show, Last Call Brewing out of Oakdale, California. Big shout out to one of their brewers, Walter, who uh, sought me out when I was in the area and gave us the beers for the show this week. Really looking forward to diving into that. Thanks, Walter. Man, what a guy. Uh, and if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope that you're having a wonderful Thursday evening. I hate to make it worse by telling you that, unfortunately, you will not be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to hear the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of The Black Phone. Yeah, Johnny, hang on. But if, if they did want to hear the whole thing, which includes spoilers for The Black Phone in The Danger Zone, a review of our second beer and Hot and Bothered, where could they go? Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc., or our website, partial to that one. Uh, new episodes drop every Friday morning, 7 a.m. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know you did. We'll shout you out. For all your social media needs, find the show on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews, both at Fresh Hop Cinema, or like I said before, the website, freshhopcinema.com. Max, I love you. Oh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> you too. And if if you out there love Max like me, <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> you just want more of him in your life because I know I do. Uh, and if you think I'm I'm okay, and you would tolerate more of me, yeah. But you're here for Max. But who knows? Whoever you're here for, whoever you're here for, uh, you're in luck because with Patreon, you could get more of both of us. We are cranking out bonus content every single week. We yeah. are doing events. We got a wicked awesome party coming Dude, up. We're officially less than 30 days from Sparklegasm Ooh, uh, at the release of this episode. Very fun. Yeah. The most talked about party You've of, never heard of. of the summer <laughs> is, is coming. I'm 
stoked. Yeah. But yeah, man, you're going to get, you know, first shot at, at merch, mm-hmm. first shot at us. Exclusive access to bonus content that we put out on our website. Um, we just did a review of a beer called Vienna Lager from Lead Dog and Pigeonhead out of Reno slash Sparks. Um, so that was super fun. It was and we called have, Pigeonhead. It was called Vienna Lager. You tripping out, dude? Pigeonhead is the other brewery. Oh. Yeah. I, that's dumb. Why is it? Name the beer. You just, just named name it the, the style. style. People do that. Like secret. Uh, I'll think of one. Watch. Hey, figure, think of one. Yeah. I don't like that one either. Fair enough. Um, also, a couple birthday shout outs in order. Yeah. Number one, um, and we're going in order of newest. Actually, let's go oldest to newest. We're going to shout out our buddy John Wallam, whose birthday it is today, the day of our recording, June 28th. Happy birthday, John. Also, you share a birthday with our new patron, Brittany. So happy birthday to both of you. Very fun. Should we make a birthday correction? Or do you think we not need to? Go ahead. I, well, we got the I guess we got the birthday of our friend Miyagi wrong last week. And I like maybe a year and a half ago went through and was like, I'm gonna update everybody's name on Patreon. And I don't remember at this point where I got the names, but I think I was off with Miyagi's for about a week. Um, but I think the sentiment of having a moment of silence and remembering him doesn't matter. I don't think he would care if we were off by a week or a month or a year. Pretty sure he'd think it was hilarious. Probably. So the point is several birthdays this week. Uh so thanks to everybody on Patreon, especially you birthday folks. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, Johnny, do you want to tease next week on Patreon real quick? Yeah, we're going to have a full review of the show Obi-Wan. The yeah. The 2022 Disney Plus original. Yeah. Starring Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, and mm-hmm. a few other people. Other people, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've, we've kind of griped about it, sort of. I think that's fair mm-hmm. for a couple weeks now. Yeah, and neither of us have been super stoked. And I was at a point where I was like, I'm not even going to finish it. But then I'd already seen like three episodes and Johnny's like, I'm going to finish it. And I was like, well, I'll finish it too. And we'll cover it on Patreon. Um, in, in a turn of events, I have already finished it. And um, I have not. You've got two, and a half, one and a half episodes left. Yep. Yeah. So our bonus episode next week will be a, a full sort of potentially drunken review, uh, real Patreon style of, of the six episodes of, yeah. of Obi-Wan. We should do that one after the main episode. Okay, deal. Um, And then in honor of our friend Brittany's birthday, the following week, we're going to get around to covering the film True Romance, a movie that is one of Brittany's favorites, one of Johnny's uh, classics or a film that you consider to be a classic Mm -hmm. and one that I've never seen. Um, So a lot of good upcoming stuff on Patreon exclusive bonus content. So if any of that appeals to you, again, it's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Super easy to sign up. Please do. Johnny Summers with housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into uh, beers for the week. Would you pour our beers while I tell you a little bit about this brewery? You got it. Okay, so Last Call Brewing is out in Oakdale, um, which if you're from anywhere besides like the Central Valley, you might not know. But Oakdale's kind of like 30 minutes outside of Modesto, which is like 30 minutes outside of Stockton, which is like 45 minutes from Sacramento. So it's kind of out there if you've never been. And Last Call was founded in 2014 uh, in a brewery kind of on the outskirts. And since then, they've expanded with a taproom downtown. Um, And like I said, these beers were given to us by one of the brewers named Walter. I was actually playing some music at Dying Breed and uh, he he came up and found me. He was like, hey, man, I've, you know, I've I've heard the show and um, here's some beers. Love if you would try them and we figured, well, why not? We'll just drink them on the show and make it a thing. Um, And then a big shout out to Walter because he also went out of his way to send us some last call swag. And he sent it to um, our, our radio wave home at KZFR, and we picked those up. And there's a couple T-shirts and some awesome stickers and some koozies. So regardless of how we feel about the beer, Walter, baller move, dude. Thank you for sending that. We super appreciate it. I love that he's, like, making a hard case for a solid review. Just, like, he's, he's buttering <laughs> me up. He knows that, like, bribery works. It, it Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, If even if we don't like the beer, Walter, 
10 out of 10 10 for sending us shirts. 100%. Um, And I I think that's a good enough transition as any because the first beer is called 100% Citra Bowl. Johnny, tell me more things. Yeah, man. Again, it's from Last Call Brewing out of Oakdale. It's a hazy pale ale. Not a very regularly seen style of no, hazy that's beer. that's why I'm stoked. Yeah, it's 5.5% ABV, 30 cute little IBUs, uh, and it is solely hoop, hooped. Hooped on citra. Hooped. Sure. Hoopty hoop. Uh, hopped with citra. 100% citra. You guessed it. Hazy pale ale, drier than the typical hazy IPA slash pale with a zesty citrus aroma. Bright, fresh, orange, and slight grapefruit character from the citra hops. Moderate bitterness. I've read that as moderate business. Moderate business, yeah. Uh, That's a bold description. I like it. So this one was canned at the end of May, so we're drinking it about a month fresh. Perfect. um, May 27th. Yeah, we're about a a month and a day, actually, from the time of this recording. The can's gorgeous. It's got some great colors. Um, Their big logo and then Citra Bowl, big orange. I love the graphics. Very bright, very poppy. Uh, But what's really calling my attention right now is the color of this beer. Yeah. It's almost white. Um, it's like frothy yes. pineapple juice. Yeah, it's a very, very, very hazy, obviously. But yeah, it's a not nearly the kind of Look how hazy that IPA orange that you kind of get familiar with. No, this isn't orange at all. No, it's clear that it's not, at least like, you know, maybe it could be a hazy IPA, but it's not one that I've seen before, which I think is great to stylistically distinguish your beer from a style that gets, dare I say, overbrewed. Um, and make it stand out even visually before we even get to smelling it or tasting it, though during the course of my sentence you have done both. Yeah. What do you think? Did the swag work? Hmm. <laughs> to be determined. Okay. No, this beer is very, very light. Mm-hmm. I mean, this drinks like a light pale ale. It is um I love the bitterness up front. It is not it doesn't taste hazy. Like blindfolded, you could have told me this was just a pale ale, and I would have probably believed you. You think so? Yeah, I'm not catching a ton of, of haze or like the juice. You know, I, it's for me, it's a lot of aesthetic. It's not super, you know, juicy or sweet in a lot of the traditional. When you hear the word hazy, sure. that's where your mind goes. Oh, it's going to taste like orange juice and it's going to be sweet. No, it's very surprisingly bitter for only being 30 IBUs. Yes. Uh, also, very, very thin. It drinks really smoothly almost too thin for me yeah there's not a ton of body but i'm loving the bitterness like front to back it's really punchy with the mosaic hop there is or i'm sorry citra hey oh yeah yep uh citra hop yeah man it's i'm surprised i'm not getting more citrusy notes from the citra dude i think that's the bitterness yeah like the bitterness to me is is totally citrus i was gonna say too this being 5.5 percent i think is probably what's making it work because when I think of like like hazy IPAs, a lot of breweries do ones that are imperial hazy IPAs, like mm-hmm. eight into nine percent stuff. And I think in order, I think one of the benefits of being able to make a hazy imperial IPA is that you can mask some of that alcohol with the overabundant sweetness of the style. But when you have something that's only five and a half percent, you don't need to mask anything, so you're able to dial back the sweetness. And I think because of that, this is. Yeah, it's drinking super light. It's not overly sweet. I think there's a fair amount of bitterness too. I I think 30 is probably about right as in terms of how it actually tastes, but there's there's such a lack of the the cloying juicy sweetness that 30 goes a long way. Yeah, when there's no sweetness to balance it out, there's no counterpoint. It's just here's some bitter. I dude, I really like the way it drinks, for sure. It, I think that having something that is, you know, we, we've we've drank a lot of light beers in the show, lagers and and things of that nature. It's nice to have 
a pale ale or even an IPA if we went that way, if we had a lighter IPA, something that is a lighter bodied hoppy beer to drink when you're not craving something that is maybe going to wreck your palate or be quite as heavy. Yeah, this doesn't feel like it's going to sit super heavy in the stomach after you drink it. Like this would pair well with a meal. Like this is really good barbecue beer. Totally. I would definitely like smash a steak with this beer. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, the lightness is what's getting me. This is great. Um, the the only thing that I'm picking up initially that I'm not crazy about is how bitter it finishes. And I'm not sure if it's strictly speaking like a hoppy bitterness or more of a citrus bitterness. Cause I do think this evokes flavors of a f- not fully ripe orange. It's got some pith. Or even some it. grapefruit maybe. Yeah. Um, this beer's a little pithy. Pitch. There's sweetness to balance it out, but, but my mouth is adjusting to the lack of the overwhelming sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause aesthetically that's what you're anticipating. Like it's your eyes and your mouth are playing tricks on you. Yes. Like it doesn't taste how it looks. Which I love. Have you had many uh, golden stouts? Yeah. But they have lactose most of the time, right? Yeah. So you can't have a ton. Yep. Um, but it's the same sensation, maybe turned up to 11 with a golden stout because you, you taste it after seeing what looks to be like a, a light, maybe even an IPA. Yeah, it's you know, clear. This is different. Yeah. Um, and I'm not quite getting that extreme here, but it is throwing me off. Like It looks like it would be a lot more sweet than it is. Um, but I'm not mad about the way that it tastes at all. And it looks more dense. Like it looks totally. like this should it be looks heavy. thick on yeah. the palate. It looks like it should sit real heavy. Uh, but this is something I could probably drink a whole 16 ounce of, no problem. Totally. Um, I also wanted to push back just with my own palate. You said it's it's almost too light. And I think it's 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 light in flavor and experience, but um not so much in uh in like like I think it's full bodied, but it doesn't leave you feeling heavy. So it's light in that way. I wouldn't say it's full body. You don't think so? No, it's pretty thin. I don't know about thin, man. Maybe light. Light's as far as I would go. Thin feels not correct. Yeah? Yeah, just on on my mouth. That's fair. I can't tell your mouth what to feel. No, you can't. Um, This is really good, man. Um, We both like it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything you don't like that you want to point out? You know, it doesn't have the best nose. Not going to lie. It does not smell... What don't you like about it? Astounding. It just has... I'm yeah. not gonna say unpleasant, but it's huh. it's you close. basically just did <laughs> yeah, but close, <laughs> just shy of unpleasant. What is unpleasant about it? It's hard to describe. Is it because I'm I'm picking up a very straight up citrus smell. It's a citrusy, but a citrus beer smell. But yeah, so. I don't know. It just doesn't smell amazing to you me. You got to give me more than that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to push you on this one because you can't just be like that's such a blanket statement. Like it's unpleasant. What do you mean? Oh, there's not a lot of aromas that are evoking things that sound delicious i'm not getting a ton of citrus personally Mm -hmm. it almost i'm not gonna say it's a little musty i could get musty sure and a little chemically there's a there's a version of an orange that's been sitting on the ground for too long and you you look at it like that looks like a good orange you pick it up and on the bottom it's a little bit moldy that's a particular citrusy orange smell that i could see getting from this yeah um and I could, for for me personally, it's flirting with that, but it doesn't quite tip to that yeah. degree. That's the, like the real only negative I could find. I didn't really enjoy the way it smelled. Okay. Um, but I think that might be just because of the sheer amount of hops, the citra hops, mm-hmm. and not other sweetness or anything. Not, it's not fair to say nothing else going on, but right. there's not a lot on the nose that I'm detecting other than just like raw mm-hmm. hops. Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's a thing. Absolutely that, it is. Some people might love that. I think it's a little tiny. Like it's like... Two out of ten off-putting. That's oh, I see. Okay, great. Um, so mostly not off-putting. Yeah, mostly, but it's there. pudding. Great, it's mostly pudding. Um, okay, 
Johnny Summers, 100% Citra Bowl from Last Call Brewing. Let's give it a rating out of 10. I will uh, allow you, sir, the grace of going first. I like it. I don't love it. Uh, I really do like the bitterness. Uh, I do not like the body. For me, it's okay. it's just thin. Okay. Uh, but it is pleasant. The mm-hmm. flavor is there. And, you know, this is something I might reach for when I want to grab like a, like a light beer. Mm-hmm. But I want something with a bit more substantial flavor yep. that's not going to fill me up. So I feel like there's a good time and a place for this beer. Uh, it's well made. Good introduction to the brewery. A few things I don't like. I'm going to give this beer like a 7.3. Seven, 7.3. Okay. like a 7.3. Dude, for me, it's it's a great alternative to a hazy IPA. And like you're saying, something that is a notch above or, or a notch more intense than a you know some type of lager or any other crispy kind of light beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a huge sample size for hazy pale ales. I think this is probably the best one that I've had. Um I very, very much like it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, dude. Okay. I think it's very well made. The t-shirt worked. T-shirt works. <laughs> Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try Citra Bowl or any other beers from Last Call, we want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking it and tag us on your Instagram. Remember, it's at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Up next, we have a trailer for this week's movie, The Black Phone. But don't worry, there's no spoilers coming up. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. Snow. The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Oh! <laughs> you goof. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement to make. One of our students, Finney Blake, was abducted. What if I could help the police find Finney? Since I was a kid. I'll scream. I'll scratch your face. This face? Daddy, I had a dream about it. What happened in your dream? He was taken. By a man with black balloons? Yes. We never release those details. cable loose from down there. There's a combination lock on the inside of the storm door. What's the combination? I carved it in the wall. Hang up the phone! The tree, the door, the gate. I'd never seen it before except in my dream. You don't have much time. You're gonna use a weapon. You raise the phone, step back, and swing. 
Look what you made me do. Please hurry. You remember what I told you? That someday I have to stand up for myself. Someday is today, Finn. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It's going to be available to pour into your ears tomorrow at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, there's plenty more to digest. As a reminder, what you just heard was a trailer for The Black Phone. Finney Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic, masked killer. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous victims, and they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. This is, of course, again, The Black Phone, directed by Scott Derrickson. He directed Sinister, like I mentioned. He also directed Doctor Strange. The and, first one. The first one, and was actually set to direct the second one, but um, they went a different direction, so he went this direction. This has a screenplay by Derrickson and Chris Robert Cargill, based on the short story, like I said, by Joe Hill, who uh, is, is a son of uh, Stephen King. This stars Mason Thames. He plays Finney. You also have Madeline McGraw playing Finney's sister, Gwen. Jeremy Davies plays Terrence, the uh, the kid's dad, who is an alcoholic and abusive father, uh, par for the course for any type of King story. Uh, and then Ethan Hawke, of course, as the sadistic masked killer. They call him the grabber in this. We don't really get to know too much and I'm about not, this character. I'm not calling that a spoiler because you can ascertain that from the previews. Absolutely. It's pretty obvious. I think it's fair. He's yeah. the villain. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Don't email us. It's not Fair a spoiler. Enough. Yeah, it's in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this came to theaters June twenty second, and it runs an hour and forty three minutes long. Um, Johnny, another one that we were both kind of excited about. Sinister is one of those horror movies that I thought, though scary and unpleasant, I thought was pretty well made. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to a, a quick shot of a projector in this movie, by the way, that I really appreciated. Um, perhaps a, an homage to Sinister, but I had hoped that we would see this together because I don't love seeing horror movies at all. Definitely not alone, but we didn't see it together. I saw it today. Literally alone. Yes, there was no one in the theater because I saw it at 9.10 on a Tuesday morning. Um, but you saw this, I presume, yesterday. Yeah, I saw it last night. Did you see it with, it? obviously, people in the theater, but any, did you go with anybody? Yeah, me and Shalina went. Sweet. Okay, what did you think, dude? So, I had moderately high expectations just because of my love for Sinister. Uh, so, I was really hoping it just kind of lived up to you know, be half as good as that movie and I'll take it. A follow-up from a director in the same genre is always iffy. So you go in kind of hoping for the best. Black Phone was really well put together. Like this is high-quality suspense, anxiety-inducing horror. Like I really loved the way this movie was put together. I loved the writing. I loved that they let Ethan Hawke's character remain mostly ambiguous. Sure. Loved the way, and we'll get into that in the spoilers because that that gets a little spoilery, but they let the characters breathe. There's some really well-done character development, particularly with Gwen and Finney. Sure. Uh, I was immediately endeared to both of them and immediately possessed of a massive hatred of their father. Uh, This movie elicited exactly the emotions you expect it to. There were well-placed jump scares that weren't heavy-handed, but Mm -hmm. were also not telegraphed, which is a big red flag for me about horror movies. I hate it when the symphony swells. Oh, well, they're about to scare me. I'm so not scared. Yes. So just the... um, the assembly of this movie and the acting from all the kids was was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. Uh, overall, really liked this movie. 
I did too. I think there's um there's there's a couple aspects that I judge a horror movie on. And one is is and it's the smallest one, but like how much it scares me. Like I don't care to be scared really. Mm-hmm. I um, love it. I know you do. Um I believe the thing you told me was you enjoy the chills that run down your spine or whatever scene, mm-hmm. you know, a scary movie. Um my favorite horror movies are ones that have more to say about the people in them rather than like slasher movies. Like we talked about this on Halloween kills. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's devolved. That franchise devolved into slasher madness where it's just excuses to kill off people. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I, you know, I think there's probably a place for that. I don't think that's nearly close to the best slasher movie ever. The one that came out last year, but there are good slashers. And I think that if you're going in for that sort of entertainment, fine. But for me, that doesn't do much. What I like are movies that that try to convey a message in a way that is exclusively, or not exclusively, but but very apt for a genre like horror. So psychological stuff works really well as a, as a vessel for for internal trauma or whatever. And this movie kind of dabbles with that, but it doesn't ever give it to you in a heavy handed way, which I think is awesome. There's a bit of um, there's a bit of it feels like it's wearing thin the, the 80s nostalgia thing. Like there's a couple of scenes in here that are clearly working off of the momentum of something like a Stranger Things um, and, and our modern day culture's desire to kind of sit in that time frame. Mm-hmm. But wasn't the 70s? It was 78, I believe. Okay. So it's basically the yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's pretty ambiguous. Yep. Like it says it's in Denver also, but it's like it could be any small American suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, some of the character development is awesome, especially with the kids. You you don't get any heavy handed exposition. Like you don't get it with the villain. You don't get it with their dad. Though there is some stuff with their father that I wasn't expecting that didn't endear me to the character, but it did give me more to latch onto than I thought I would have. Cause a lot of these Stephen King adaptations and it's not Stephen King, obviously, but like to say that his son was probably influenced by him is fair. I think. Yeah. You would, you'd imagine like there's some tropes in Stephen King stories and let's just say King stories where it's like, we talked about this with, um, with it. Like there's these horrible adults. There's always horrible adults that never believe the kids or like beat the kids. And and like the kids are the only thing that you can rely on in any of his stories. Um, so I kind of expected that from the dad, which is what you get at first. Um, this movie was also a lot more patient than I expected. It, it spends a lot of time kind of sitting in the mood that it creates, which I love in a horror movie. There's a couple jump scares. I, th- I can count about three if I think about it and they all work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the payoff emotionally and uh, narratively works pretty well too. Some people have said like, this is Ethan Hawke's best performance in forever. I don't think that's totally true. Like he's, you know, he's fine. He's good. The character's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad we didn't spend more time. I'm glad we didn't get like a five minute monologue of like who the grabber was back in, you know, 1910 yeah. or that kind of thing. Overall, dude, super good. Very moody. Um, I think Scott Derrickson has a real knack for sound design. I think that's one of the three lines between Sinister and this is like, you just you can appreciate, and there's a lot of stuff that happens with characters, um, obviously speaking over a phone, mm-hmm. um, and some of that stuff, and, and the way that it's incorporated into the general kind of environment of that basement that we spend a lot of time in, I think is fantastic. I agree. Um, I super dig it. There's some stuff I didn't love that we can talk about when we get to spoilers, but for the most part, uh, you know, at least a thumb and a half up for me. Mm-hmm. Good enough, man. Yeah, great review by the way. Oh, thanks. Dude. I like what you said about the the movie is patient. It really does. It lets you marinate. Yeah, in the whole world and patient. Great word to describe this movie. I it think was never in a hurry. No, that's the key to a, a particular brand of horror is that you need time to kind of steep in the horror, you know, vibe. Especially when you're in like a basement kidnapped situation. Yeah. It can be really hard to evoke a sense of fear if you're not just relying on jump scares in in a fixed environment. I would say like 
there's obviously some interplay because his sister's not in the basement with him and we get a lot of her perspective, but his character, Finney's character spends, you know, the majority of the movie in this basement kind of dealing with, um, with stuff we described, uh, in the description of the film, but it's hard to get that to work if you're not doing just jump scare after jump scare. And he deals with some stuff and it, I think it works pretty well mm-hmm. and it's mostly mood and marinating and that sort of thing. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, before we get to spoilers, Johnny, and for our radio listeners, because we are going to run short on time, why don't you give me an out of 10 for the black phone? 8.5. Yeah. 8.5. For me, it's an eight. Super, super solid horror movie. Um, one of the better ones that has come out, certainly in the mainstream theater in pretty long time. It's been a while. Um, what's the last horror movie you remember seeing that you thought in, in theaters, in, in like a, in a major wide release theater, you were like, this is great. Oh God. That's a tough question. I'm going to have to think about that. Sure. It's been, it's, Case in point, it's been a while. Yeah, I think for me it's like hereditary, like 2018 or something. Oh, yeah. or, or no, Relic. Though I think Relic was pandemic, so it was Hulu. Yeah. Um, Theater, though. Yeah, dude, I think it might have been hereditary for me. Yeah. Um, Mandy. Oh, that's true. But again, that's like a limited screening. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we can talk more about all of our favorite things that we've seen in theaters, horror or otherwise, in a minute. But for now, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. The Black Phone is currently in theaters. If you've seen it and have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on social media. Again, on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for The Black Phone, a review of that second beer, and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. It's where we spoil movies. And this week, we are taking a deep breath because we're going to get into spoilers for the black phone. Um, Turns out it was a collect call the whole time. Wouldn't that be funny? Just somebody trying to get through. Yeah. Do you remember that movie with Ryan Reynolds? Phone booth? Circa, no. Cellular. Circa yeah. 04, 06 maybe? Hell yeah, I remember Cellular. Um, A woman is kidnapped. She is thrown into an attic in like Laguna Beach or something. And these kidnappers who want to ransom her for money from her rich husband uh, lock her in this attic and like break a phone. But the phone doesn't quite break. Like it snaps in half. It's an old school receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, not old school, old school. It's not the one on your ear and one on your mouth. It's like, you know, it's, a tele- it's our age. It's a telegraph. It's a t- no, no, it's not that. <laughs> It's it's just the normal phone. Like a landline, a handheld. Landline, sure. Yeah. Anyways, it breaks and like she's like trying to like hotwire it like a car and it makes one call to Ryan Reynolds. Is it Ryan Reynolds? No, it's Chris Evans, dude. It's Chris Evans. Um Is it's it? like his first movie oh, ever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um still a hunk. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. <sighs> okay. Um, and it's I can't think of that. It's like Naomi Watts or something, but it's not. It's somebody else. I feel like that's such a movie Nev Campbell would have been in. Who's Nev Campbell? Never mind. All right. Um, anyways. It was basically a collect call. I can't look like, up cellular. Just a shot in the dark. Like, you have to come save me. The movie's nuts. It makes no sense. It's great. Yeah. It's a great movie. I, I was, remember thinking this is just the silliest goose time yeah, ever. Yeah, it was, Um, I think Jason Statham's the bad guy. Like, Chris Evans fights Jason Statham. Stop. It's so good. Okay, um, now we have to look it up. Yeah, I'm just going to check. I want to see who's in it. Um, Who was the, the girl? It's Kim Bassinger. That's who it is. Okay. Yeah, and it is Jason Statham. Wow, she has Oh, and Jessica Biel's in this, and William H. Macy is the cop who's like, about to crack the case and find these because they're like they're also like thieves of probably like a nuclear bomb or something. Sure. So like you know they're on lots of watch lists. Obviously, and they're kidnapping this woman. 
<laughs> it's great. It's 2004. Yeah. That's such a 2004 great. movie. Yeah, it totally is, man. Like you could have seen a double feature with that and like triple X and then fast and the furious. Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of good movies about phone calls. Like I feel like phone booth with Colin Farrell is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, also I'm going to say it once I said it to you before we started, but the fact that we're covering the, the black phone and last call brewing today is mm-hmm. just wonderful to me. Right. Okay. Getting into the black phone. Let's talk spoilers. Um, there's not a whole lot we need to spoil. I don't think, um, the kid makes it out. Like they make, it's a happy ending. Well, we got to talk about the whole third act. Okay. I mean, obviously in the the whole, just a tidbit of the premise is the phone is the dead kids giving the living kid advice about how to thwart thine enemy. It was pretty much in the, I think in the description we read more or less a little bit, but yeah, that's specifically what it's about. It's kids that had been murdered that were giving him very specific pointers about either ways to try and escape or ways to retaliate. It's really cool the way they did that. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to Shut ring, up. he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderers, previous victims, and they are dead set on making sure what happened to them doesn't happen to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is really like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a haunted coming of age story. It's about mm-hmm. this kid trying to find the courage to stand up to things in his life. And it, yeah. of course it takes the form of this murderer, which is pretty fucking extreme. If I were in his shoes a bit, could you just give me a, like a bigger bully? I could stand up to him, but no, he needs to stand up to a murderer, which he does do. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. I loved the, the, like the, the little mini training montage that he had. That was fantastic. I did think that in that point when his, um, he had one of his friends who was kidnapped and killed, um, whose name I can't remember, um, was like a, a karate expert because know. he wore a bandana around his head Basically, and did a roundhouse kick. He was a 1980s street tough. Pretty much. Um, and he tells Finney via the phone in his last phone call, pack, pack the phone with dirt to give it some heft. I was like, you were just bashing the shit out of a concrete wall with a, with a ceramic toilet lid. I was like, maybe use that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, the phone would have done it. Um, but yeah, there is like the, the simultaneous like action montage between the ghost and him. And they're like choreographed punching. It was pretty nice. Yeah. I like the ghosts and the way they popped up. Some of them were scary. Some of them, two were- of the jump scares were ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Three. I count the one where we first learn, like we first hear, it's like the, um, I can't remember which kid it was, but he shows up. Mm-hmm. We're hearing his voice and then there's like a whip pan really quickly and like there's the kid's dead mm-hmm. body. Um, the second that I'm thinking of is when um, his sis, Gwen, his sister is riding her bike and sees all the kids lined up. Another Stephen King trope, by mm-hmm. the way, like seeing all the dead kids at once yeah. out of nowhere. That's King 101. Oh maybe. yeah. And the third was when it was also in the basement where it was a quick pan and the kid was like suspended yeah, with his back bent. We both just went off the mic. He's suspended. <laughs> we arched our backs. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's another, what feels like it's going to be a jump scare and it kind of is because the orchestra swells, but it's when he's pulling the grate out of the window, mm-hmm. but we don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. Like that's when it pops out and that scared me a little bit too. Um, but it was more of a, a subversion of like, there's no ghost. It's just, he broke the window. Right. Why didn't he then, by the way, Take the grate that fell out the window and, and like frisbee it. That's what glass. I was thinking. Like at that point, why aren't you getting out the window, dude? Yeah. And also, he was so close to grabbing on, like when he just jumped. Yeah. He didn't once try to like wall run it, like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And also, you could probably move the bed, use it like a trampoline, catch on, and then just climb. He up. tried. The bed was bolted to the ground. Oh, it was bolted. Yeah. I thought he was, he like grabbed just like the edge of it. And I was like, yeah. why don't you grab the whole thing? He's just trying to move it like the yeah. weakest kid ever. Just right. Like, He's just like can't pull it in the two corners. Fingers. <laughs> Um, no, I loved the yeah. whole third act and like you said, there's not much to spoil, yeah. uh, but the payoff, the final confrontation. Yes. Did that work for you enough? Yeah. yeah, dude. I think like, cause it's all once, once 
you're on board with like he needs to find his confidence and overcome his own stuff, then mm-hmm. sure, like it's gonna go down. What I wasn't okay with was the idea that this the killer's idiot brother was literally upstairs the whole time, presumably during the course of all of these kids getting abducted. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to crack the case himself, but he's so dumb that he doesn't realize it's right under his nose. Yeah. That didn't work for me. It's like, he's going to figure it out, man. And then when he finally figures it out, of course, acts to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit for the final confrontation. Yeah. Though I could see Ethan Hawke's character being flustered and stepping in that hole and breaking his ankle on a very well-placed grill mm. so sure um did you yeah. think he was gonna like incapacitate him and escape i did not see him snapping his neck yeah killing the dude I was, I, that was kind of badass i was waiting for the moment where like he was about to get outside finally and like there was ethan hawk again like that horror trope mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're not getting out of here um but there was something cathartic about the the, the phone ring one more time and like all the kids being like fuck you kidnapper grabber man mm-hmm. and then kid being like snaps his neck yeah that was nice it was a nice payoff and then in my head i'm like he's got steaks steaks or steaks steaks who has steaks Vinny. what are you saying steaks he's for? got steaks what do you mean because then he fed the oh, dog steaks. A steak. actual steaks like what steak he's his life yeah he's got steak a freezer full of steaks you you saw that coming oh yeah i didn't realize the dog was guarding the door like until he was trying to leave i was like why is that dog even there um, like I thought the dude was going to bring down the dog to like eat Finney. Right. Then he just tied him up as a guard dog. He's like, you could have shut the door again, dude. Yeah. Um, that was fine. I do think when he got into the freezer after, you know, working through a concrete wall, like he was like in the freezer, like shoulder banging it. I would have brought back and maybe kicked it open a while. Like I would spend some time yeah, let's, swinging in. Like he didn't try very hard on that freezer. I feel like he gave, give up pretty quick. He was also at an emotional breaking point. Like we have a good yeah. scene where he cries. Um, I don't know what it is about King stories, but. There's a scene in like um, Doctor Sleep where brutal scene. I don't know where that kid gets tortured by. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, what's her woman's name? Something the Hat, yeah. Rosie the Hat, maybe something like that. Brutal torture scene of Jake. I think it's Jacob Tremblay's character. Yeah, out of nowhere. Um, and like here, there's like a pretty severe beating scene with a belt with um, Gwen with his sister Gwen. Yeah, um, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, and I think a shout out is probably in order to Madeline McGraw because it was she sold that pretty hard. Um, and I like the inclusion of the mysterious magical. Like she has, she's been touched by the, the you know the shine or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the, that through line of of King stories. Um, I like. There's always a little bit of supernatural stuff. Yeah, it's nice. What did you think about the the quasi? I'm not gonna say it's a redemption arc because it's not. Yeah, it's not. But that little tiny bit of like less shittiness from the father. What moment are you referring to? It kind of started when he gave in and drove her around to look for the house. That's true. That was like the moment where I was like, maybe he's not pure evil. That's the, well, so that's what I appreciated too. Yeah. Like he's not pure evil. And a lot of time stories like this will make bad guys, bad and good guys, good. And, mm-hmm. um, and they did a little bit of work to make the father. So like, you don't empathize with him or anything. You're like, I get, like, I understand, I understand you've gone through some shit and you're not the most well-adjusted person. You got a drinking problem and you got some anger issues. And a, a, you're a widow. Sure. Or, or uh, no, you're I a widow. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a, there's not like a miss. There's not like a widower. There's not a widow for a, is there a widow man? Widowman? What do you call a man whose husband or, or wife dies? Wife, or whose husband? We're I guess. Sure. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Is it just widow? Widower. Oh, a widow traditionally, right, is a woman whose husband has died. Yeah. So a, a man. So then she's the widower. She, 
in in, in that case, who's the widower? The wife. Because she's dead. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> well, I know that the term widower. Widower is the term for a person who is not dead. We'll start there. Yeah. Who lost a spouse. Is that right? Or is it someone you, who murdered somebody's spouse? No, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Okay. So by that logic, the father in this movie was a widower. Yes. We probably no, he's no, so he's. We, I don't know why this is so hard for me to track right now. He's lost his spouse. Yeah. He's a widow. Who's a widower? I don't know. I think a widower goes around murdering spouses. My father's a widower. I'm a widower because no. I've murdered your partner. I don't think. I mean, that's a widow maker. That's a good point. Yeah. You're thinking like literal widower. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't make widows of you all. I think widow and widower are, <laughs> We've are said a, the word losing, widow way yeah, too losing much. their meaning. Uh, a real case of semantic satiation here. Um, number two, old words. We need new words. Yeah. They feel like they're from the 1600s and are not up. There's too many complications in relationships these days and murders probably. We need to update those terms. So he's a, a marriage survivor. He's a, he's a, I don't know what it was. He's a, he's a divorce by death survivor. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah. Separation that, by death. That paints a picture. Survivor. Yep. Um, the point is he's all those things. Yeah. Well, and the way that his, his wife you know, it came to light that she took her own life sure. after having all these issues yes. with what appeared to be the same malady as the daughter, but different. Well, you know, it's, it was alluded to that they were having the same symptoms, but mm -hmm. in fact, it appeared that his daughter was indeed psychic. Oh, or his wife was too. Maybe, or maybe she was psychotic. We maybe. don't, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's worried that her daughter, yes. daughter is totally, who knows? It's yeah. uh, then that's the ambigu ambiguity that mm -hmm. this movie lets you kind of sit with. Sure. You don't get the full backstory. Yeah, again, that's great. They could have just been like, here's a flashback of our family. And then like, there's a quick vignette of the mom taking her life after her clear delusions were yeah. not true. And yeah, you're right. It's like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? I loved that though. I love that about the villain. I love that about a lot of the elements of this movie. Yeah. That it was not, I hate movies that get too handholdy. Mm -hmm. And horror does that. A lot. There was no mustache twirling. No. The masks were cool though. The mask blocked the mustache. Yeah. You can see it. Right. Um, they were cool. Uh, I didn't, and, and this is the one time, like I don't necessarily need the background on the bad guy's psychopathy necessarily, mm -hmm. but I would have liked a little bit of backstory. And like, like what was his deal with the mask? When he, when the mask came off, yeah. he was like, I can't Freaked cover out. my, yeah, I don't know what that's about. And they were all different and they seemed to indicate like moods. Yeah. Totally. They had, there was like a di couple different top halves and a couple different bottom halves yeah. and they all kind of worked together. Yeah. Weird stuff. Normally, I'd be like, that mask is just his ability to separate his own identity from the the horrible stuff he's doing. Yeah. And then when that's removed, he has to he has to face that he's a monster. But it's not even true because like when he abducts abducts the kids in the vans, like he's not wearing a mask. He's wearing facial makeup. Yeah. Which I guess could still function as a mask, but you can tell it's Ethan Hawke, mm -hmm. which is effectively the same as having no mask on. So I don't know why that was okay with him, but having no makeup on was like, no, now they can see me. I guess maybe I maybe, don't know. Maybe the top hat is the mask. You know, because he was like masquerading as yeah. a magician. So yeah. maybe, who knows? You know, in the original story, he was a clown. Ooh. The scene happened, the, the, that short story starts with the abduction in the van. All right, come on, little little mini Stephen King here. Oh, yeah, I like, know. Like, really? I know, right, right. Really? And it's black balloons and whatever. In, in, the, in the short story, the clown is very, 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 quote, I believe, I don't, I don't actually have it in front of me anymore, but like grotesquely overweight. Okay. Which I feel like... You know, Ethan Hawke is maybe more believable as like you kind of got to be physically fit to abduct 
they're not like six year olds. They're like 13 year old kids. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to toss them around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to read that short story because it sounds like his son just kind of uh, took the outline of it and just rewrote it a little bit. Yeah. Instead of a magical clown, it's a psychopathic magician. Well, you said in the first. He was a clown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You're right. Sorry. I meant for the movie. Yeah. And that's a, hmm. I got to do some more research, but it's only what you said, 30 page short story. It's 30. It's like 7,000 words. That's it's nothing. That's a little chunk. Um, that's a that'd be a fun Patreon bonus episode right there. That's is a, uh, we should just talk about that short story. That would be fun. The differences. Yeah, we could read that over a cup of coffee. There's our Christmas special this year. You're just reading <laughs> that. You get to be the clown. That's fair. Of yeah. course I do. Yeah, Obviously. you got to be Scrooge. I get to be Finn. Um, okay. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about here? Oh, yeah. I, this is too late, but I'm going to ask you anyways. But do you have anything else in the movie? Uh, I don't think so. It was an enjoyable experience. Well, that's a weird way of phrasing it, but sure. It was a nice movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was an It was an enjoyable experience. horror experience if you like horror yeah, movies. Sure. It okay. did horror well. Good. Um, I realize my question doesn't actually apply because we didn't pay for beers this week, but I was going to ask you how much the first beer cost because that's what's in our notes because we can't say it on the radio. Yeah. It cost. It cost the uh, generosity just, of a stranger. It just cost you posting your location and someone finding you. True. Would you like to drink a second beer? Yes, please. All right, beer number two, Johnny Summers. We are back to last call. We are at beer number two. One more shout out for the day for our friend Walter for supplying this. Our second beer of the show, Flip Flop Tank Top. Flip me to Flappity Tank Top. Kolsch inspired ale, Johnny Summers. Tell me more. That's right. Fruited Kolsch inspired ale. Not a Kolsch. Not a true Kolsch. Exactly. Sure. Fruited Kolsch with sea salt and pink guava. Light and refreshing with a hit of salinity up front followed by the tropical character of guava. We brew this beer throughout the spring and summer. We don't specifically call it a Kolsch just because it isn't a traditional one. However, they do use a Kolsch yeast strain. Well, that's great to know. I assume you meant a hint of uh, salt or nope. salinity. Says hit. It does? No, it doesn't. Young Walter wrote wrote hit. Okay, then we're going to assume it means hit. A that's hit. great. Take um, a hit of this salt, man. It is in our glasses now. It, it's also a fairly hazy-looking beer, actually, more along the lines of maybe a hazy IPA. Uh, in fact, I will say that is what it looks like. Um, yeah. I want to think of a Kolsch, I think of something a little bit more opaque or, or, or I'm never sure if opaque means clear or cloudy, uh, a little bit more transparent is what I think of a Kolsch as. And this is not that this is a, 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 a dawn sunrise kind of, you know, kind of rusty orange, yellow looking thing. Yeah. How's it smell? I thought you had just smelled it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it smells salty. Yeah. Um, this is actually the one beer that I tried before um, our show today. Okay. Um, I tried it that night when he was, he gave us a four. I've got some to send with you home, but he gave us four packs of each. Okay. Um, and it was super good, though I'd had a couple beers that night already. Um, but I remember really liking it and it being pretty salty. We did a, um, we did a Goza last week called Goes Face Killer. Mm hmm. And it was, um, 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 it was, what was it? It was, um, it's a fruited gyoza. Yeah. It was plum. It was plum. Yeah. And we both were like, this is a strange pairing. Like we talked about key lime gozas being a thing. Cause like you think of lime and salt with margaritas and, but plum and salt was unusual. Um, and I'm wondering how the flavors here are working for you. You've made, you made a couple faces and I'm inclined to think that you don't like it. I'm not a fan. Oh shoot. Okay. Why not? Uh, well, a hit of salt okay. is, is, uh, accurate. 
Last week, I'm going to quote you. You said this is of Ghostface Killer from from Streetside Brewery out of Cincinnati. You said this is the saltiest Goza I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I said I think Sequence from Dogfish Head is saltier. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in deducing from your skeptical hippo eyes that this is even saltier than both of those? No. Okay. <laughs> no, but there, there's there's things happening with with the saltiness, a little tiny bit of tropical fruit mixed with some some pithiness and some hoppiness and some bitterness that is is creating this amalgam of things in my mouth that I don't think I like. You know, somebody might hear that and think, Johnny, that's a little harsh. Then I hear it and I think, Johnny, I don't think that's harsh enough. <laughs> I also, I'm actually not loving this either. I think it is, guava is such a round, sweet flavor and soft um, that the saltiness is uh, is turning it into something that is... Uh, Certainly not the most enjoyable. Yeah, you're turning something like tropical, juicy. You hear papaya, you think totally sweet, sunshine, juicy, running down your chin. Yes, like, and then you're turning that into like something almost savory with the salt. But what's really yeah. getting me because the salt with fruit can work totally. It works on watermelon. Works with tons of yep. fruit. I love salted fruit. It's great. Problem here I'm finding is is the yeast profile and the bitterness that's sneaking in the back door mm-hmm. and kind of just like shouldering its way in and saying, get out of here, fruit. Get out of here, salt. Yeah. We're going to hang out together. It's just plopping down right in the middle of a couch, mm-hmm. uninvited, yep. between these two friends that might work together. Yes. And this third element's just ruining the whole vibe. And again, that's the bitterness. Yeah. I'm picturing the salt and the guava as two lovers on a, on a, on a, a cloudy Goza mattress. And Is it's that like it's a, a yoga mattress. No, no, no. It's salty. <laughs> no, it's just a hot summer's day, and they're just cuddling up. Not too close. It's hot, but then out of nowhere, somebody just big old blanket of salt just or bitterness just comes on and like tucks itself around their little mm-hmm. bodies, and it, it turns it into like this big uh, salty, sweaty tootsie roll. It's a sex of, sauna. It's a sex sauna. <laughs> Um, which honestly, when I picture flip flops and tank tops walking on a beach, makes total sense. There's going to be some funk in that experience, right? Um, it's yeah, man. This is it's not um, not for the faint of heart for sure. I've only had one drink, and I'm gonna go back for a second one here. But uh, you've had, I think, at least more than one, so I feel like you're pretty solidified in your opinion here. Yeah, I would love to see that fruit pushed out forward and the salt reduced quite a bit. It just overpowers. Um, the salt should accentuate. I mean, it's like a meal, man. You can oversalt it. And same with beer. Uh, so it's it's just pushed too far out front for me. And I, I would love more tropical fruit notes in this. Yeah. And like way less bitterness. Yeah, we either need m- more guava or less salt, or keep the salt the same, keep the guava the same. Add like pineapple or papaya or, yeah. or mango, even could be pretty awesome in this. Yeah, this doesn't strike me as as a pleasant summertime beer. This this it's just not hitting right. Yeah, six point two percent. Also, it's kind of in that weird middle range where it's not light, it's not heavy. Um, it's yeah, I mean, I, I safe to say it's a miss for both of, both of us. I think. Yeah, not not a big fan of this one at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is it is um, a bit of a an ambitious flavor pairing, so I'll give them that. But yeah, yeah. I, I think those flavors, yeah, just just aren't totally working. Yeah. Yeah. Less, less little less salt, a little more fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You got anything else you want to say about it before we rate it? Not really. No, not really. Okay. Um, Johnny Summers, out of 10, let's lose a friend. <laughs> it's a 2.8. <laughs> Shit. I'm sorry. I have to be honest. No, that's fine. It's That's what it is. Yeah. For me, it's a three. Um, again, Walter, 100 out of 100 for 
getting us the stuff and sending the swag. I think the first beer was great. Um, I am, however, not dissuaded from trying more of their beers. I I'm give major brownie points to beers and breweries for making beers that have um, unusual flavor pairings well, and ideas, and I think that's super fun. Every swing can't be a home run. Totally. Uh, and just based on the merit of, of Citrable, the first yeah. beer, yeah. I would not hesitate to try anything else from these guys either. Totally. Yeah. Every brewery I've ever encountered, except for maybe five, has a beer that I don't like and or yes. despise. And, and I think the ones that don't, don't stick out in memory. Like, take some chances. Try some stuff. And right? if, and not everything should land, probably. Um, so, yeah, cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to make a – you and I are going to make a point to get kind of down to that area. We'll try a few Central Valley breweries. And That'd we'll be fun. Bring a haul back. One of those weekends when you're down there playing, like, Dying Breed. Yeah. Like, I want to go, like, get a room and yeah. where it's at, Million Oaks, Thousand Oaks. Uh, Maybe. What are you saying? Where's this place at? Oakdale? Oh, that, okay. Sure. You're trying yeah. to say that. Yeah. Oakdale. Oakland. I don't know. Oakdale. Yeah. Oakdale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'd love to get down there. That'd be fun, man. I think I'm back in a couple months so we can make that happen. That'd be fun. Um, all right. Well, for now, flip flop, tank top, 2.8 for you, three for me. I'm going to say overall, last calls batting 500 today. They're, they're, is that out of a, a thousand? Yeah. It's a baseball thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. They're, sure. hit, they're hitting the ball half the time right now. Okay. For me. That's, yeah. Fair enough. Batting 500. People in the Hall of Fame have never, like, you have only have to bat 300 to get in the Hall of Fame pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So Great. You're in the Hall of Fame in my book, Coach. There you go. Great. <laughs> uh, do you want to go Hot and Bothered? Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the part of the show where we talk about what's got us excited or bummed out for the week. Um, Johnny Summers, last week you had put this in our notes. Mm. There were a couple things you wanted to shout out. And one is a shout out for our friend, Nick Land, who somebody recently told me, I believe it was our friend of the show and patron, Ken, said Nick has been shouted out more than anybody else in the history of (laughs) listeners of the show, which I think is probably true. He's been on Patreon since month one, basically. It's not hard. Just be involved. Yeah, totally. Um, And infamously at this point, one of Nick's favorite movies is Wind River. Mm-hmm. which I watched because of Nick about a year ago. And I believe you watched for the first time recently. Do within the last two weeks. Lay it on me, dude. Man, it was good. I, I'm a big Tyler Sheridan fan. I kind of got turned on to some of his writing and his acting specifically in uh, Sons of Anarchy and then segued that into binge watching 1883 and then all of Yellowstone, which were written and created mm-hmm. by Tyler Sheridan. Uh, finished up that series it left as some series do kind of a hole in your life like what do i watch next uh nothing was really scratching the itch one night i said hey let's watch this movie it's like tyler sheridan wrote it Uh and i think directed it yes so a a little you know a little dose of his style yeah uh, and it's been highly lauded i think it won an academy award didn't it? i'm actually not sure but for those that are unfamiliar i will say yeah it was it was a 2017 movie um and, and the letterbox synopsis is thus an fbi agent and that's played by um, elizabeth olsen uh teams up with the town's veteran game tracker that's jeremy renner to investigate a murder that occurred on a native american reservation she's wanda right she is, and he is Hawkeye, which is a yeah. fun little Marvel crossover. Right. Um, both of their characters, um, well, no, Wanda's actually pretty powerful, but he is equally as effective here as he is in the MCU. Yeah. He just shoots arrows, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, a, a pretty good movie. I gave it four out of five stars on Letterboxd. I That's might, a good I rating. pull up my review to see what I thought. But. No, it was really solid. I liked Renner quite a bit. Uh, There's a lot of crossover between... Yellowstone and the cast of this movie. Sure. So that was kind of fun seeing some some characters, some familiar faces. Uh, 
very good story, some good suspense, lots of beautiful country. Yeah. Pretty much a lot of the the Taylor Sheridan benchmarks. So a lot of the boxes of his style were checked. Yeah. Um, very good movie, though. I was impressed, and I was kind of surprised that I hadn't seen it before recently. So Yeah, man. It's a movie that does a sort of turn on its head about two-thirds of the way in. Um and the narrative gets shifted from where you thought it was going, and there's some high adrenaline scenes from basically there to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very vengeance-driven movie, and once that kicks into gear, I was fully in. I was like, oh. And John Bernthal's in this too, yeah. by the way, who um, I think gets type maybe intentionally typecast like, as like the Punisher kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you, dude, that I recently rewatched The Accountant with him and Ben Affleck. Mm. Um, he's really good at being like the – grunting sort of strong arm mercenary type Mm -hmm. and um well watch wind river because he he gets to be that but also other stuff which is pretty great i would have liked more of him in wind river too totally like you get his character pretty late on and it's pretty short but it's very a very effective uh, Mm -hmm. character arc yeah absolutely so that's that's part of my my hot this week what else you got that actually is my only hot okay uh the rest is is bothered I've got a okay. bone to pick, uh huh, with movie trailers. Okay, do you? Okay, did you cross something off of your list, or do you have a couple bothered?s I didn't. Or I, do you not remember what that means? Because I don't think I do either. I don't remember. Okay, then we'll just yeah, we should just glaze over. We, okay, weekly TV. Weekly TV. I wrote this down last. We week. We talked about it last week. Um, I bet you it was like the the um the the age old argument of appointment based TV versus uh, dumping a season at once. And we were talking about Obi-Wan. We were talking about me, the boys Mm -hmm. We were talking about uh, stranger things last week. Oh yeah. No, I remember having the thought of, uh, I wonder if um, I don't remember if we talked about this on air or off, but Mm -hmm. uh, wondering if, if things are made differently Mm -hmm. for, right appointment based like weekly episodical release versus being released all at once i think this was on air okay but i'm not sure and and i remember your idea was after and you wrote it down for the notes but for now i guess that's going to be a mystery who knows we didn't write enough i don't remember anything ever so it's not surprising what is your your actual gripe with trailers then motherfucking movie trailers sure they're giving away too much okay they're showing me the whole movie jerry but you haven't seen the movies you don't know that that's true i've seen so many trailers that ruin everything good in the movie so what movie are you concerned about now? Nope. And for those that don't know, that is the name of the movie. Yep, exactly. Uh, for it's the- Chris Gomez, who thought it was from. I think he thought the name of the movie <laughs> was from. Well, because, you know, it scrolls down. It says from is the first. My hand's scrolling. From. Jordan Peele. Nope. <laughs> but I think the first thing Chris saw was from. And he told me when he was cutting my hair a couple months ago, like, I thought the name of the movie was from. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It is what it is. Yes. Hey, don't get me wrong. It is what it is. That's I love my it. Gomez impression. It is what it is. What are you gonna do? Because that's Hatterack. It's what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I love that. So forever, I'm yeah. gonna refer to that movie to him as from. from. Yeah. Do you see from? Nope. You seen that new right. Jordan Peele joint <laughs> from? Um, anyway, you've seen a trailer, uh, and it was a second theatrical. There was one that was out that was very like. What's this about? Vague, and then, cryptic. And then I think actually a second trailer came out and we're like, oh, it's like aliens. And mm-hmm. I think there's like a third trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't even want to tell you what it gives well, away. No, obviously don't do because that. Because it gives away way too much. It gives away like very specific plot points. And your argument is that hopefully 
I mean, obviously Jordan Peele is smart enough to not give his movie away in the trailer. Yeah. My concern is that Jordan Peele doesn't have control over everything that goes into the trailer. That's possible. Because he works for large corporations, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of times the shit gets taken out of people's hands. Yes. Uh, and I have many, many times, it's well documented on this podcast how against trailers I am because mm-hmm. they have a way of ruining films because they give away the best parts. And like, if you recall a trailer while watching the movie and like, yes, you get a feel for the characters, you realize you've seen a pivotal scene. Yep. It fucks it all up, man. Dude, that's why I hate, hate, hate when people are like, when they talk about a movie and that somebody else hasn't seen, they're telling them, they're like, there's a crazy twist at the end. It's going to blow your mind. It's like, well, don't like, it's, it's better if you don't know that there's a twist. Yeah. I can't remember what movie this was, but the, like, it was one of those situations where the director came on before the movie. Like it was like probably like a Shyamalan movie. It was like, just wait for the twist at the end. It's like, granted, it's M. Night Shyamalan in that case. So you can't expect gonna wait. it. But, yeah. but like, when you tell someone there's a twist, they're just thinking about what this twist is going to be and like trying to solve a puzzle that they could otherwise not know about yeah. and have it unfold. And I, I think, like, yeah, trailers sometimes and like telling people there's a twist, just don't, just go in as blind as you can within reason yeah. and go from there. Exactly. But it really concerns me and bums me out when I see movies that I am very excited to see. Yeah. Uh, it feels like the trailers are going into too much detail. Even if yeah. those details are tertiary and not important to the plot, I still don't want them. So yep. it, it pisses me off. And then that one, same for the black phone, the, one of yeah. the trailers was that movie Invitation. Yeah, right. And I, I talked to you about that. I got very heated between yeah. <laughs> segments. But it felt like it. I watched three quarters of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just, I have no desire but to see But the hope that is that... that you're not getting that. Like they, maybe you even, they even want you to think like, okay, now you know what's going on. It could be a marketing technique. Like you think you know what this movie's going to be now. Cause we've given you three trailers, but, and then when you see it, it's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Hopefully that's often not. The I case. would love it. If that trailer was only covering the first like 15 minutes totally. of that movie and yeah. completely subverting yes. everything that was in that trailer. That'd yeah. be dope. Like I would get behind that. Yes. That's some, some mental Jedi mind trick fuckery that I'd be down with. But when, um, when Deadpool, uh two came out Mm -hmm. there's a team building montage that happens and in the trailers they gave us that montage Mm -hmm. and brad pitt was cast in that movie as um some invisible character i think Mm -hmm. this could be wrong um i'm actually yeah i'm I'm crossing some things up here brad pitt actually is in that movie but he's just like a flash and he gets electrocuted but there's some movies that will will tease an a-list star that gets killed off in the first 15 minutes and it's like i'm actually thinking of another brad pitt movie uh, that is new enough. I'm going to say it. It's a movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Um, I haven't seen it, but it came out a couple months ago and he's like an actor, I think. Yeah. The jungle. That's not what it's called. Jungle cruise. No, no, that was, no, yeah, it's the one where Sandra Bullock's an author. Yes. And she gets kidnapped. She's like a romantic. By, she gets ki- kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, that's jungle cruise, dude. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, then that's the movie you're thinking. No, of. I haven't seen Jungle Cruise. Hang on. No, Jungle Cruise is the one with Dwayne Johnson. and. But and who's the bad guy in Jungle Cruise? It's not Daniel Radcliffe. How much you want to? I haven't seen either of these movies, but are you sure? I, Dude, I think I, I could be wrong. Yes, yeah, 100%. It's not Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Do you have any guess who it is? Oh, it's Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. This is submarine. Yeah. Yeah. Submarine. Yeah. Um, no, the movie I'm thinking of is called The Lost City. Yeah. Um, and it is Daniel Radcliffe. Nice. Yeah. And Channing Tatum is the the model, like the Fabio. He's, the, he's the cover model for her books. Yeah. Um, she gets kidnapped, right? Yeah. And then in the trailer, Brad Pitt shows up. He's like a CIA agent that's gonna like rescue her. Yeah. And I think a friend told me he dies in the first like 
moment he's on screen. She's barely in it. Which is great. Like, it's a great use of trailer star mm-hmm. power. Be like, look, Brad Pitt's in this. And he's just not. Right. I love that kind of stuff. You better not die in the first five minutes in that damn train movie that's coming out. Uh, bu- what's it called? Bullet, Bullet train. train, probably. Yeah. Very yeah. creatively I named. can't wait to see that movie. It looks it's like so obvious time. that it has to be like they must have done something different to make it good. Yeah, I hope so. Or not. Yeah. There's some good actors in that movie. We'll see. Um, okay. So yeah, trailers can ruin movies. Yes. And or they can be deceptive. Not. Or not. Yeah. I'm hoping the not option is uh, true for the movie from. Yeah, but we'll sure. see. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm playing in Reno with a band on a weekend, which is a pretty rare thing. Um, I'm usually in Reno at the Pepper Mill solo on like a four-day slot from Sunday to Wednesday. But on the weekend of July 7, 8, 9, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm playing with my buddy Rob, my buddy Ethan. We're playing. We're leaning full on into the casino band thing. We needed a band name. So we came up with Max Bet and the Penny Slots. Yes. And we're playing. Um, I could look it up. I'm not going to. We're playing songs like Mustang Sally and Sweet Caroline and Brown Eyed Girl and American Pie by Don McLean. Uh, Are you going to play The Gambler? Yeah, and The Gambler, of course, it's on the list. Yeah, Um, We've got about 55 songs we're going to kind of rotate in and out of. Um, And it's going to be a fun, goofy, pandering time. And I'm so stoked. You got to sneak in some like Rat Pack or some like early Sinatra. Right, right. Dude. That's a weird tease for next week, but we are drinking a beer next week called The Rat Pack. Whoa. From Dying Breed. I didn't even know that. No, you didn't. Pretty cool. I'm so good at my job. Why would I throw that in for this band? Because it's a very casino. The Rat Is Pack it? were a, were they a casino? They had a resident. They had a residency in Vegas. Was the, the, Did the, they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, they, weird other tie-in then. Um, they were famous for playing in Vegas. They, I was. They were the kings of Vegas. Were they? Yeah. All right. More it's than Elvis. Pack. We're getting lots of tie-ins here. Yeah, dude. Elvis so they had a residency in like the seventies. Okay. They were like the OGs. That did it first. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was at Burgers and Brew yesterday, mm-hmm. and there's a beer from Revision on tap called Vegas as Fuck. Mm-hmm. And I was there with my buddy Rob, aforementioned, uh, and we redid the sign for that and did like the Vegas sign and wrote like Vegas in the you know the you know the Vegas sign. Oh yeah. Wrote Vegas in the circles and then wrote as F uh, asterisk exclamation mark K because of it's in a restaurant with families. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rat Pack is a beer we're drinking next week. Dope. From Dying Breed and Oakdale. And Elvis is a movie we're covering next week, I believe. I know you don't feel good about it, but do you I don't feel the do worst agree? about it. Yeah, we're probably going to end up covering it. Um, I suppose that brings us to the end of Hot and Bothered then. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing next week. Um, you got anything else at all? Mm, nah, let's get out of here. Okay. Um, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to all of our patrons on Patreon. The continued support from the handlebar is always appreciated. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Be good to each other. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.